Well, yeah, I went to grad school later, you know, and I remember one of the people in our class, like, all you millennials. And I was like, no, 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 not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Gen X. Don't be Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. We are chatting today with Matt Beat from the Mr. Beat YouTube channel. Welcome, Matt. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to have you. Now, before we get into our conversation and before our... Any of our listeners or watchers on the video version start emptying your glasses. I want to ask those watching or listening to help us out by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or feel free to reach out to us at thehistorybuzz.com. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, Talk With History, where Jen and I dive deeper into our Walk With History videos and give you a behind-the-scenes look at our history-based YouTube journey. Now, our guest today is Matt Beat from the Mr. Beat YouTube channel. And as of recording, his channel has just over 500,000 subscribers and over 100 million channel views. Pretty cool numbers right there. But don't let his engaging and humor-filled history videos fool you into thinking that those are easy milestones to hit. His channel started way back in 2009, and so we have someone here who's been doing this for quite a while. So Matt, I'm so happy to have you here on the History Buzz today. How you doing? I'm a little sweaty, but uh, uh, doing great. I was just telling you all <laughs> off air, I just got done mowing the lawn, so I apologize for the, uh, well, you can't smell me at least, so that's good. There we, there we go, you know, and, and that's the reality of the life that we live as people who work full time, but also do things like YouTube and podcasts and things like that. So Matt, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up and kind of how you came to be so passionate about history? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, how I came to be so passionate about history is kind of probably unorthodox. Like, I wasn't really raised in a home that, like, my parents kind of more, they kind of liked it. My dad likes, like, the Old West, that type of stuff. And I, I guess, like, my mom never really talked much about history. But I was, it started with my interest in geography when I was little and then in the president's. Like I used okay. to memorize the presidents in order. I was one of those dorky kids in elementary school. And yeah. Uh, and also I just stared at maps. I love maps. And, sure. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, like the movie Forrest Gump okay. had a big in- impact. Surprisingly, yeah, like that was a gateway. So how, how did that have an impact? How did that kind of nudge you towards history? Well, it has all those historic moments in it. So, right? Yeah, so tell us about I that. I literally turned my... Tr- yeah, I turned to my parents and I would ask them, I was like, this stuff really happened? Like, all those people got shot? Like, I, it just blew my mind uh, Interesting. that this, a lot of that stuff was true. And, and they're like, well, Forrest Gump wasn't real. But sure. the, yeah, that other stuff. And then, um, so that was uh, probably middle school. And then I had a really good seventh grade social studies teacher. Shout out to Mr. Emmett. Oh, all right. But um, awesome. honestly, though, but by the time I got to high school, my high school teachers weren't as passionate about history okay. and it kind of turned me off a little bit. Um, they were kind of just, just there to, to coach, you know, yeah. there's a yep. lot of teachers out there, unfortunately, sure. that are just there to coach. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, you know, my mom said I should be a social studies teacher 
and uh, because I and I but I because of that kind of bad experience in high school, I was like, why would I want to go back to high school? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I ended up going going into journalism. Oh, OK. Uh, so I was a, in TV and radio for a while. I, my first degree is in journalism. Oh, interesting. Uh, at the University of Kansas. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm from Kansas. Okay. Um, like uh, raised just outside of Wichita, which is uh, south central part of yeah. the state. We've been there. And yeah. nice. Wichita. You have? We've been actually? to Wichita. We yeah. went to a wedding <laughs> yeah. in Wichita. Yeah, yeah. We had a friend get married there. Mm-hmm. I kind of, that's, I started in broadcasting. Well, I loved radio, but that's about the time in the early aughts that radio was kind of becoming automated yeah and so it was all computers it was pl- like people thought that oh dj is still nah the era of the dj, DJ was over yep and so i kind of had like a quarter life crisis in my mid-20s and i went back to school uh and i became all right that's when i was like you know what maybe my mom was right <laughs> and i got a degree in education and right. i taught in the classroom uh at uh, grade seven all the way up to seniors wow. uh, okay. for 12 years I taught. Um, so uh, while I was teaching, I got a master's degree in history. Um, but this whole time I was teaching, which I began teaching in 2009. Okay. Oh. You mentioned earlier, my channel started in 2009. That's right. Well, the reason why I started the channel in 2009 was not because I wanted to be a YouTube star. I just, I uh, uploaded a private video um, for my actual students, like no yep. one else was ever meant to see the video. <laughs> sure, sure. And so um, it was about the compromise of 1850, and I was just mm-hmm. being silly with my brother, and I forced Mrs. Beat to film, and I still forced <laughs> her to help me out with the channel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really bad and goofy. We, I showed it to my kids and uh, didn't really think much of it. And then I, one day I just randomly decided to make it public, but then I noticed that... I came back to check on it maybe a year or so later, and I was like, it had like thousands of views. And I realized that, it's like, of course, because what's happening is teachers from all over the country, maybe even the world, are searching for this kind of somewhat obscure topic, the compromise of 1850, and they're trying to find something more engaging to teach the students with. And so I was like, that was really when I a, a, a light bulb went off, and I... I was like, well, maybe I should make more of these. And then also for my students anyway, because they're fun. It's like combining my love for social studies and my journalism background. Yeah, absolutely. And so I published other ones. And then from there, it just kind of grew slowly. But I didn't I didn't make any of my videos public uh, or like I didn't like kind of re try to take it more seriously until at least 2013. That's when I was like, maybe I, maybe I should try to. And that's when I realized you could also make money from it, yes. <laughs> which in 2013, it was it was chump change. It was, you know, cents at mm-hmm. that point. But sure. uh, about about 2016 is when I realized it would be a side hustle where I could quit coaching. And I, I was coaching tennis and uh, basketball. OK. And I was like, yeah, fine. this could be my side hustle for the rest of my career. I yeah. could teach because uh, I love teaching. And I could just do this on the side and make sure. these videos because the, I had a series that was I covered every single presidential election um, in American history. And that yeah. that it was the first time I had people that were just watching my videos for fun, w- oh. meaning it wasn't a teacher that assigned my video yeah. <laughs> to yeah. watch it for like to me. Uh, so, yeah, that was another uh, big moment. And then actually last year, um, the channel has grown so big that I now do this full time. 
Oh, wow. So I quit the classroom last year. So you went full-time okay. la- last year. That's that's pretty incredible. And that's that speaks to, one, I think you're part of, part of it is longevity, right? You've, you've been chipping away at it. And, and that's what people say all the, you know, say all the time, especially when it comes to YouTube type stuff is like, it's typically 99% of the time, not an overnight success thing, right? You're the perfect case of that. Like it's taken, you know, over 10 years, right. To, to just do that. And obviously you weren't kind of going full bore at it as a side hustle for the first couple, but it's taken time. You've gotten better. You, you combined your, your, Mm -hmm. your, skill and knowledge of kind of some journalism and history and things like that. So, um, that's, that's a, that's a really cool story of kind of how that, that came to be. So uh, do you have any kind of, um, desires to kind of take the channel things you're planning on doing that, that are, that are coming up in the, in the next couple of years, things that are floating around in your head? Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking of new ways to trick people into learning history. That's really what it's all about because I, you know, I'm a big fan of the channel Vsauce, which is a science channel. And actually, have you heard of the channel Vsauce? Yes. I, you actually referred uh, to him in one of your videos. Um, I think he covered one of the yeah. eclipses. He covered one of the eclipses. And you talked about him in one of your videos. And I actually looked up who that was. And I've seen, I've, I've recognized his videos, but I don't think I actually knew the name. Um, but yeah, so I've heard oh, of it. Yeah, it's well, his- yeah, it's pretty big. His real name is Michael Stevens, okay. and he's also from Kansas. He <laughs> oh, actually cool. he went to the same high school. He went to a high school that I used to teach at, Blue Valley High School in Overland Park, Kansas, which is pretty crazy. But I had a chance to meet him, and he's just insanely successful. Like I think he has like 15 million subscribers at this point. It's ridiculous. Wow. But uh, it's science, and I, I'll never forget, like, combined with me just watching his stuff for years, but like a sh- the short talk I had with them, you know, it re- you really got to follow your own curiosity and you can worry about teaching them the important stuff after that. Yeah. Because what drew me into history was, um, I mean, yeah, I mentioned Forrest Gump, but really uh, a lot of the presidential stuff, the, uh, the political history stuff is what got me into it. For many people, it is milita- military history. That's yeah. the gateway. And then, you know, especially like Civil War or World War II. World War II. Yeah. And, yeah. But then, yeah, <laughs> we see that with the History Channel, right? Yeah. But, yeah, like, you, once you get in there, though, then you can, like, well, hey, come over here, too, and check this out. Like, because I'll cover some pretty obscure stuff that's important, but, again, it's not not many folks know about it. And so that's so exciting to me to, like, have the opportunity to share obscure yet important um, history yeah. with viewers yeah and you can tell honestly um mr beat i want to call you mr beat because that's how i I see you on tv i feel like you're my teacher um (laughs) call me whatever i can tell you have the journalism background just about the way you tell the story and the way you keep your listener engaged the whole time yeah and your production value is really great too so yeah well it's, it's it's been pretty fun so i'm gonna i'm gonna venture on into the kind of next segment here and uh, Matt, one of the things that I like to do with my guests is just kind of broach a topic. And I, I, Jen and I will usually kind of toss around topic ideas and I'll try to come up with something. Um, but we like to do a word association game. And so this, the word association game, it may not seem historically oriented at first, but eventually it steers us towards a topic 
Um, and again, it's mostly just kind of a fun way to broach a topic because it lets you kind of lets us kind of hear what you're thinking. But then anybody that's listening or watching, they can kind of play along at the same time. All right. So I'm going to say a word. You say the first word or phrase that pops to mind, and then we will steer. I'll, we'll steer kind of towards a topic. This one should be relatively easy. We'll see. We'll we'll start off with the first ones. I try to make the first words less obvious. Okay. So if I was to say rock and roll, what would you think? I would I would think of the blues. Like I don't know. Like uh, I always think about what kind of sure uh, or jazz. You know, like uh, I don't know. What what about you? Or are we wait is this both? No, this is this is just for this is just for you right now. This is just for you right now. Gentle, gentle, okay, okay. G- gentle. Give us her take. So, okay, so blues, jazz. What comes kind of comes before it? All right. So, if I was to say the Ed Sullivan Show, what would you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the Beatles. That first, yeah, American performance. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's actually probably one of the th- first things I think too. Okay. Now, if I was to say the U.S. Army, what would you think? My dad. <laughs> okay. All he right. Was in the army. Okay. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. Um, now, if I was to say Memphis, what would you think? <laughs> well, blues again. Yeah. And okay. barbecue. Mm-hmm. All right. And this last one, I think, will will steer you right towards the topic we're going to talk about. And if I was to say Graceland, what would you think about? Oh yeah, Elvis. And Elvis. Memphis, th- yeah. There we go. Actually, I wanted to say I wanted to say Elvis for the rock and roll, but then I was like, Nah, I'm go broad. That's yeah. so. So, so that's what Jen did. Jen said Elvis for rock and roll. Yeah. So usually he asks me these first, and he's like rock and roll, and I said Elvis, and he goes, Oh my gosh, you went right to it. And I said, Well, it's kind of been on my mind with the movie and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So so for for those following, right? I started off with rock and roll, right? Elvis, right? Yes, he, he's kind of the king. Um, the Ed Sullivan Show, obviously Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan Show, the U.S. Army. Elvis did get drafted and go in the Army for a couple years. Memphis, he lived in Memphis, and then Graceland, that was kind of his famous thing. So, Matt, different people have very different memories of Elvis, either like when you first learned of Elvis, when you first heard of him, or or kind of how you know Elvis now, um, or the music, or kind of the, the man, the myth, the legend. So um, what do you remember learning about Elvis, either when you were younger or, or something that stands out to you now? The first thing that pops in my head, uh, and, you know, I was, I was mostly raised, like, I was mostly a kid in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, uh, it was about his death, frankly, yeah. like, his later years and death and like how he died on a toilet. Yeah. Like that was like the joke, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, or that he was still alive and he was living in a trailer park oh outside Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. All the uh, national choirs. <laughs> Elvis was always on the cover. The yeah. Choirs. He's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I didn't discover his music until I was older. Uh, but even then I wasn't like, I do appreciate um, the older artists much more now. I mean, that tends to happen when you get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, but just in general, though, like I did not like to listen to anything that was released before the mid 1980s. I was like, that's too old for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'd say for me, right, when I when I think of Elvis and Elvis when I was younger. So um, some people know this about me. Some people don't. So I was a gymnast all growing up, right, from when I was five years old all the way through college. I was not very good in college, but. I, I stuck it out. And, but when I was younger, right, I was, again, I was a kid of the late eighties, early nineties. You know, I, I might be just a couple years older than you. And we would do my gymnastics gym 
when I was younger, would go around and do performances at schools, like local elementary and middle schools, right? And one of the songs, I believe, was an Elvis song. And I think it was like Jailhouse Rock or something like that. And I remember that's 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 what I remember. I might have been eight years old, nine years old or something like that. And here's, you know, nine-year-old Scott Benny in his little like red red t-shirt and like tights and stuff like that doing gymnastics stuff but that's right i mean that's the first thing that i remember when i think of elvis and obviously later some of the stuff that you talked about yeah he, he died on the toilet and yeah. i actually got the, the chance to visit graceland after i've graduated college when i drove across country from maryland out to california mm-hmm. um, visited there with my with my best friend from high school um and then jen i mean she's got a lot bigger tie to elvis and probably remembers a lot more well i mean just my my parents' wedding song yeah. was Elvis, so I always heard it from like a little kid, and I always knew I was born the year he died, yeah. right? So I I'm like seventy seven, right? So I always knew that I was alive when Elvis had passed, like barely alive. But um, I remember mostly about Elvis growing up is TNT used to play like movies during the day like old movies especially like during the summers and if you would have sleepovers with your friends and they would play a bunch of elvis movies blue hawaii or joe house rock and stuff and i remember watching them then how interesting but honestly we never appreciated elvis or cared much for him until we moved to memphis yeah and it's like so much a part of the town that you can't you can't hide from it You've got to kind of learn about him and know who he is because he's so he's so much of Memphis. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you had a chance to to see the Elvis movie? I know it just came out just a little while ago. Or do you have any interest in movies like that? No, I haven't. I I do want to watch it. I, I'm I'm a big sucker for music biopics. Okay. Oh, then you you'll like it. Genre. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm the same. I haven't seen the James Brown way. one yet either. I haven't either, to be honest with you. And I want to see that as well. Uh, James Brown one. Get on up. I just remembered, guess, guess Forrest Gump also referenced Elvis. He so. does. Because <laughs> he stays at the, his mom's boarding house. Right? That's right. He stays at his mom's. And he's like, show me how you do that again. He has the braces on his legs. Yeah. So he's oh, moving right. kind of like shakily. Yeah. And he's like, do that again. Do that move again. Right? Oh my gosh! I totally forgot about that. So, so basically, that he's mimicking Forrest Gump's movements. <laughs> like that's where he's getting. That. That's what they yeah. imply in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he t- was so like the, uh, his mom was so horrified by learning more about it. So we did a talk with History Podcast, and Jen kind of gave us kind of her historian's take mm-hmm. on kind of some of the accuracies or you know the, the liberties they took in the in the recent movie. And she, you know, for the most part, it's pretty historically accurate, but like a lot of movies, they compress a lot of events. Sure. And he sang a song in, you know, 1950, whatever, that he didn't actually write until 1960 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, learning more and more about him is it's just so interesting about the, the cultural impact. And like Jen said, living in Memphis, we were out there for the 40th anniversary of his death. And yeah. and Jen went out. So at Graceland, they have a whole Elvis week, right? And there's all sorts of events going on because it's a huge draw for people all over the world. And she went out there for the 40th anniversary. So kind of like what you do, Mr. Beat, and you like stop people on the street and ask them, like, what does this mean to you? What do you think about this? I went there. They shut down. I don't. Have you ever been to Graceland before? No, I have not. Oh, you have to come out. You have to come out. I'll take you personally. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, they shut down. So the street in front of his house is a pretty busy street. It used to be uh, a Route 51, and now they made it Elvis Presley Boulevard. 
and uh, they shut down the whole street. And people will stand out there and they make shrines, kind of like a tailgate, right? And they make these shrines yeah. to Elvis and they put little movies up and they sit in their lawn chairs all night long because he, you know, basically his death is overnight, right? Because he goes to the bathroom and dies on the toilet. Like it's kind of like an overnight thing. And um, <laughs> I just asked a ton of people, why are you here? You know, where are you from? And what did Elvis mean to mm. you? And so many people were not from America. So many people were from all over the world. And I mean, they had such a profound closeness to Elvis Presley. It was amazing to me and what he meant to them and what he did in their lives. But then when you when it's not Elvis week, just living in Memphis, so many people we knew have personal Elvis stories. Like, my dad played football mm-hmm. with him on the front lawn, or my mom went to prom with his went to prom with him one time, or my cousin was babysat by him. And so he was such like I said, you can't live there without being immersed by him. He was Memphis, like he was really into being mm-hmm. part of the community. Yeah. Um, now, really now, Matt, you said you were kind of a sucker for some musical biopics. What are some of what are some some of your favorites as as far as those go? Uh, I really liked the Johnny Cash one. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. another Memphis what was the name one. Of that one. That's why yeah. you have to come to uh, Memphis. Walk the line. Yeah. Walk the line. <laughs> walk the line. Yeah, like the, it was really powerful, especially when he they showed the scene. They dramatized him mm-hmm. auditioning, and he sounded so different. That that's what. Like I'm a musician myself and actually my other YouTube channel, one of my other YouTube channels is a uh, music history. I focus a lot on music history and oh, I have cool. not done Johnny Cash or, uh, or Elvis yet. However, you know, you describing Graceland and the fans of Elvis, you know, like that reminded me so much of Prince. Yeah. Like oh, what's yeah. That's quickly happening up, up in many, in Minneapolis, Paisley park is that was Prince Prince's studio mm-hmm. and it's turned into what Graceland is in many oh, ways. Sure. It's now a museum oh, and his fans, there's, it's a pilgrimage all the time to visit there. And a lot of his fans are just as dedicated, which you, you don't think of him being as big as Elvis, but maybe someday. Yeah. I don't Give know, it time. It's, it's, it's comparable. Plus like you don't have that with certain other, like you don't have that with Michael Jackson because with Michael Jackson, there's no one place. Right. That yeah. you can just, like he kind of lived all over. He had different. I mean, he did have that. Uh, the Neverland Ranch. Ranch. Uh, if they open California. Neverland Ranch up to yeah. the public, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that that makes a difference when there's a place. Yes. Um, yes. Sorry, that kind of go off. No, the like no, no, no. That's I, I, so that that too. makes you have to come to Memphis then, because take you to Sun Studio where <laughs> yes, Johnny Cash recorded, and they you can go to his apartment where he lived, you know, in the beginning of his life and stuff. Yeah. And, did Did you ever get a chance to see um, Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh yeah, that, I was going to mention that one as well. That's uh, I did make a video about Queen. Yeah. Uh, in fact, my my one of my best friends growing up loved Queen, played them all the time. Back then, I was like, eh, classic rock. Look at their hair; they're crazy. <laughs> but then, when I was older, yeah, when I was older, I was like, holy crap, they're just they're geniuses. They're amazing. Yeah, it's uh, a a great movie too. Yeah, I, you know, people do like you were referencing about the the Elvis movie, like. Oh well, it's not completely historically accurate. Well, who cares? You know, they yeah. have to they have to do that to make it a a good yeah. story that's digestible. Yeah, exactly. And you have to show conflict and an arc. And yeah, I mean, I I got raised a little bit on actually like musical musicals, right? So one of my favorite 
kind of I, I wouldn't really call it a music biopic because it's a story, right? It's completely made up. But it's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> he loved that movie. For I mean, if you've Have never you seen if it? you've never seen it, it's, if, so it's old school no. musical, right? So it's right up there with like Oklahoma and and those kinds of movies and stuff like that. But it's such a fun movie. It's such a fun movie, and it's like classically like there's no way they could say the things today that they said in those movies back then um that's the kind of stuff that just like makes you smile and then again me as a gymnast right they have a lot of the dancing and then they actually have some like some some of the actors and actresses that have like gymnastics background so again that that was my household my mom you know if she was going to force a movie upon us it was it was typically a musical um so i i'm similar to you i I love those music biopics like i love that john rocket man um even though that was a little bit different a um, little more theatrical. I really enjoyed that. So that's that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- one of the th- next questions I like to ask our guests, Matt, and this is more, you know, a, more about you than it really is about history. But what's the first big like historical event that you remember happening in your lifetime? Whether it's personal, we've had guests kind of give personal family examples, mm-hmm. or something that's like local to the Kansas, Wichita area, or even international, you know, global international event. Um, you know, a lot of people say the challenger, you know, what's the first big historical event that you remember either as a youth or that kind of stands out earlier in life? Yeah, that question is, I think, different for younger folks because they think they remember stuff that they actually don't like. They only think yeah. they remember it because they saw it later. Sure. Uh, and that's, I think that's even with like, I'm just a few years younger. Uh, like I was born in, in 81. So I, okay. I don't remember the challenger. I, I'd be lying to, to say, yeah. but, uh, I, other people my age say, that, Oh, I remember it. I remember exactly. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I think it was the Berlin wall, um, oh, okay. coming down. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'd never forget watching that on the news and being really confused and, uh, asking my parents, what, what are they doing? Like, why, like, why are they like destroying this wall and going crazy? And should, should we be worried? And they tried to explain it to me, but I was like eight or something. That's, so, that's interesting. Cause actually yeah, JD so. from history underground said, I think he said the Berlin yeah. wall as well. He remembered the Hoff like yeah. singing. Really? He, yeah. He, <laughs> he said he remembered David Hasselhoff with like his, his jacket, like his light up jacket and everything like that. I don't remember do you remember that. what, oh, wow. do, do you remember seeing it on TV? Is that kind of how you saw it? And that's what, but prompted you to kind of ask your parents about it? I think it was just, a, yeah, it was a, it was like Peter Jennings or something. Sure. The, the boring news. That was it. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> no Hasselhoff for me. But, <laughs> so, uh, so it does stand out. Yeah. So what, a, what about that you, do you think kind of made that kind of like a, a light, almost like a light bulb moment, right? You, I mean, you, you identified that pretty quickly so that obviously that stood out. So what what about that? Is it kind of something like this is the first kind of pull pull back the curtain type moment? Yeah, because when you're seven years old, you're I mean, my daughter just turned eight and she's just now curious about what's outside of her town yep. you know, where we live. It's like, uh, you know, and I think part of that's because we just went to California. So she's like asking all these questions but like yeah you're in your little bubble yeah i mean and you're yeah. you just assume that your world is just a very small one and yep. if you hear about this crazy stuff happening on the other side of the world and it kind of like i guess shifts your reality so that's yeah. why you remember it yeah and that's why i'm always curious to hear hear what people's kind of first 
you know, historic memory is. Um, and obviously there's some similar, yeah. Well, and there's, there's always some, some similarities based on age, not always. And actually Jared from real history had some really interesting answers. Yeah. Um, He was very young. He was very aware very young. I told him, like, you're pretty smart to be that aware at that age. He yeah, was like three he, or something. I, was I wasn't either. I, I was, was like, sheltered. I, I was very, like, just <laughs> yeah. floating through life. Yeah. So, so well, and, and it's interesting to kind of to, to your point, right? So I was born just a year after you. I was May of, May of 82 for me. So you and I are almost the same age. And I actually didn't have broadcast television where I lived in Central California because we lived in a valley. So you want to talk about sheltered. Like I didn't even know that television was free until I was like in high school. Whoa. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Not nor not, not the norm, even the eighties and nineties. Right. It's very, I actually <laughs> I read a lot. Say, we graduated the same year. I assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but to, so to me, it my first historic event was something that actually happened to me. And then I kind of remember, I think to your point, I probably remember later seeing news clips about it and kind of being and kind of tying those things together. But I remember it because there was a there was an earthquake, right? In California's earthquakes all the time. But this was a this is a pretty big one. It was actually in 89. So I would have been seven. And this one was big enough to actually, you know, topple homes over, not where I was living, but in the, the Los Angeles and the San Francisco area. And I actually remember kids, I actually remember, I remember kids like having a new kid show up in my class one day because their home was completely ruined by this earthquake and their family had to move. And so that, so to me, it was like, it was a personal thing because I didn't, we didn't really have the news in my house and stuff like that. Um, but to your point. Makes sense. Yeah to, to, yeah, to your point, right, is I was about seven or eight years old, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's stuff that happens outside of my tiny little bubble mm-hmm. right here, you know, that's that's my world. Um, yeah, so actually Chris Witt from Witt Doc Cemetery Tours, we did just an audio one with him, and he remembered the earthquake because of the World Series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's funny. So this is, she's the only one so far on this podcast that, yeah. that doesn't remember that. I'm, and I'm older, too. So I was probably like 10. Do, do you remember the Berlin Wall? What was We're Xenials here. Yes. The, <laughs> yeah. 77 to 83, it's a very special. It is. Uh, we, there's something weird about our age. I know. Between 70, if you're born between 77 and 83, my, my wife's 83. Yeah. Like it, you don't quite fit in to no. millennials or uh, Gen X, do you? Yeah. I feel That's like right. you got the best of both. That's what I say. You can kind of grab both. <laughs> you know? yeah. we, we understand are not afraid of technology, but we have like the good solid work ethic of the Gen Xers. Yeah. I guess that's what we like to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell I'm just making that up for myself. <laughs> I I think Gen Z I think Gen Z actually gets a bad rap because I, I had Gen Z students and some of them like amazed me like their work ethic was just insane. I'm like, I wasn't like that when I was in high school. (laughs) That's you have two jobs outside of school. Like what the heck? Well, I went to grad school later, you know, and I remember one of the people in our class, like all you millennials. And I was like, no, 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 not me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm Gen X. Don't be calling me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like, I didn't want to be associated. No, I'm not a millennial. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you're right. I mean, People get so stereotyped, right? But each generation does have, you still have people who are strong and resilient and have good work ethics, no matter what uh, background you come from. So, yeah, no, it's super interesting. And then, kind of from that, where I like to kind of veer our questions towards is regional history. 
So I, I like to ask because we get to do these podcasts with people that are kind of all over the place, right? So a couple of days ago, someone in Pennsylvania, we've talked to folks in Kentucky, um, you know, friends that are down in Florida, Florida, you're in Kansas. So what's a what's a bit of regional history that folks in your area would, would know pretty well? And if I was to come visit Wichita, or the greater Wichita area, I'd be like, yeah, I've never either never heard of that before or I didn't realize that that happened there. So what's a bit of regional history that might stand out to you that you knew since you were growing up and someone coming into town and be like, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, well, now I live in Lawrence. So okay. um, you probably are both very familiar with the history of my town because it was kind of the epicenter of bleeding Kansas right before the Civil War. Yeah. So, but, um, so maybe my better example is Wichita, which uh, I just always knew that it was Cowtown. Like we used to go there for, on field trips uh, every year, uh, in, like near downtown Wichita. There's They've preserved buildings and uh, it was a cattle town. Like they would bring the, the cattle up to Wichita from Texas uh, through, at the time it was called Indian Territory. Um, yeah. And the reason why they did that was because the railroads went through Wichita. So oh, sure. uh, Wichita was one of the main places where the cows uh went to the, on the railroads and then a lot of the railroads <laughs> sent them to kansas city st louis chicago to get slaughtered and ate mm-hmm. how interesting the, the rest of the, the country yeah so it was a that was a big part of the history and i mean really when we think about a lot of the cow towns like in movies i guess yep. like dodge city is kind of the more famous one sure uh, we think about the violence associated with it. And uh, yeah, that was pretty, that was true. But I think Wichita was more low key. It was like, it's just kind of like an ordinary town, but it would have been very stinky. <laughs> <laughs> like probably the worst smell ever. Yeah. If you were to be in Wichita in eight, eight, 1870s. That's very true. Yeah, that would that would probably keep some of those bandits and the and the lawmen. They would just kind of keep on keep on moving west, you know, or just kind of <laughs> stay on the train and, and keep rolling through if it was going to be be that be that smelly. So, how about the um, where you're at Latin, at now? Now, I joke with Jen, and and you don't know this about me, but I'm I'm not actually myself a huge history buff, right? I married the history nerd in this family, and. Uh, so you, when you talk about bleeding Kansas, if, if someone's listening to this, like tell, give us a little bit of, of that and kind of where you're at or what folks might not know about your area that, that was the genesis of, of that. Well, is it okay if I ask Jen what she she can share first? And sure. Then I can kind of bounce sure. off that. So what I think of is like, <laughs> so you have slave states and you have um, – states who did not have slavery and you're having more states who want to come into the union. So what's, what's happening is that it's, it's Kansas, right? Can't, they can't decide, right. Whether to make it a slave state or (laughs) a um, free state. Okay. And because Stephen Douglas, yes, Stephen Douglas, Kansas, Nebraska act. Yes. He goes up. He's actually the one who goes up against uh, Abraham Lincoln. Right. Am I correct here? Am I thinking? And so, um, so you have both sides that are really digging in their heels here because you're going to, wasn't like an even number. There was an even number of enslaved states and an even number of not slave states. So this was going to set it 
over one way or the the other tiebreaker yes and when it comes to voting okay when it comes to representation see now now, see i've i tell people all the time i'm very good at like once you say that and be like oh yeah that sounds familiar that's what i'm good at for history (laughs) this is where you have the epicenter of arguments and fighting and this is a i it's 1850 so it's a i mean you're still like 10 years out of the civil war but these are the precursors to it so so matt you know yeah so well a a lot of times with the regional stuff sometimes locals right like yourself will have either a slightly different take right like as you as you live in the south like we've lived in the south sometimes people down the south have a little bit different take on different parts of history you know, is there something for, for locals there that either I'm trying to remember, like, ha, you know, typically say like, oh, yeah, everybody knows this, but we know it's that type thing. Is there a, a little bit different take for locals? <laughs> on? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a video on this. It's uh, why Kansas and Missouri hate each other. <laughs> and so I yeah, I Lawrence was the um, the first major town that was established by the free staters as they were known because after the Kansas Nebraska act was passed in 1854, um, they kind of said the heck with the balance thing. They just said, Hey, uh, popular sovereignty. So you just move out there and you guys can all vote on it once you're out there. And so I think it's one of the worst laws in American history because it led to all this, not just fighting. I mean, like terrorism essentially. Wow. Uh, and so you had, uh, but Lawrence was, it was known as the free state. Like they, they wanted to make Kansas a free state. Mm-hmm. And then you had, um, Lecompton nearby, which still exists. Um, they were, it was a town started by, um, we call them bushwhackers. Um, and free staters were called Jayhawkers, which is what yeah. the, the mascot for the, the university. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is the Jayhawk. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Yeah. So the bushwhackers were in Lecompton and they had their own constitution. And then there was a Topeka was another free state Jayhawker town. They had the Topeka Constitution. There was like three different constitutions competing for us to become a state uh, by 1856. That same year, 1856, the town I live in, Lawrence, was burned to the ground by pro-slavery Missourians. Wow. And so it it went back and forth like it was literally called the border war back and forth between because these bushwhackers would cross the border from Missouri. They would. Uh, illegally vote in elections and then it would uh, kill people, burn buildings down. And then they'd go back to Missouri at night. And so that's why John Brown came out here and he was joined the free state side. And he, yep. yeah, like a lot of people call him a terrorist as well. He would do the same thing. And uh, Jayhawkers went to the Missouri side. They burnt, burnt down Osceola. Jeez. And that led to the second time my, my the second time my town was burned down to the ground <laughs> in the, the eighteen sixty three during the Civil War was yeah. known as Quantrill's Raid, mm-hmm. and you can go downtown and you see like I mean it's completely rebuilt. There's one building in particular that was built rebuilt twice, the Eldridge Hotel. Holy cow! Uh, but everything else was gone, and so yeah, like if you even to this day like we we hate Missourians, <laughs> like it goes back to those slaves. Those slave holding Missourians and I mean the the high school uh that is nearest to me is called Free State High School. Mm-hmm. Uh my favorite brewery in town is called Free State Brewery. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So you see it a lot of historic yeah, it's, mm-hmm. names. And see the, and that and that's the kind of stuff that I that I find interesting because again, right, I, I kind of remind folks who are listening to this podcast that 
you know, I'm learning history, not like you guys learn history. I'm learning history from Jen, from you, you know, as I'm, as I'm kind of producing this stuff. Right. And Jen's the historian. Jen went and got her grad graduate degree in American history and she did all that stuff and she loves doing all this. And then us doing the channel and the podcast together, like I'm learning all this stuff more. So it's been really fun for me to kind of do this with Jen, with guests like you, Matt, and discovering some of this stuff. So I always appreciate you guys who are much smarter in the history world, breaking it down crayon style, like I like to say, for, for someone like me. Um, and potentially our <laughs> listeners who maybe they didn't know where the Jayhawks, you know, got their yeah. name, things like that. And I, I love that about your your um, videos, Mr. Beat. I would say Mr. Beat still. But I like I love that about your videos because you are you're asking like what people feel and know about history. Not by, not really what might be accurate, but what do they know and and think about this or what what do they see when they see this or what have they been taught about this because that's one of the things like what we talk about a lot and what we you know what why we do talk with history is because i really just want you to have some of the facts and not you know not really get into you know what i think you what i think about those facts but just what are the facts like you can decide for yourself but most people don't even know what the facts are people are just told what to think about something but not what where does that come from? What's the foundation of that? You know, so I try to get there for people yeah. like um, and that's kind of harder to do because you're always working against, you know, bias, yeah. Pers- you know, personal, personal bias, personal yeah. bias or anything like that. And, and that's been the fun thing for us, too. And and honestly, just for us as a family, it lets us gives us an excuse to drag our kids out of the house and go somewhere and talk about a historic location or something like that. So that's very cool. That's what I love about what you, but what you are doing is you're going to the historical locations and I've been trying to do more and more of that. Yeah. Get out of my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And it's not easy. Yeah. Like I, uh, I'm planning on doing a big video about the Oregon trail actually. And I'm dragging my whole family with me. Oh, cool. Drive the entire Oregon Are you going to go to Fort Laramie? Cause I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We are going to go there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Yes, awesome. yeah Wyoming. Okay. So, and then, it, you know, what you were hinting at, Jen, with like, you kind of, you got to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to, their eyes are going to glaze over. <laughs> so my way of doing this is we're driving there. We're driving the Oregon Trail in a Tesla. Oh, wow. So, and, and the reason it's a gimmick, it's a gimmicky thing. I get sure. it. It's but cool. people will click on that video. And once they click, they realize, oh, you know what? There's parallels here because yep. in Wyoming, there's not many charging stations. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it will be quite an adventure at times. It will be. So we're going to see how it goes. That's going that's in August and I I think you know they're a little nervous. My family's a little nervous, but I'm actually forcing them all to film. My, my <laughs> daughters will be are, it'll uh, be great. For you. So they they're already they're already YouTubers that, so they can handle it. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> no, it'll be so that's like when you talk about regional history growing up in Cheyenne, we would go to the Oregon Trail Ruts. Like that's what we would do for our uh-huh. field trips, right? We'd go to Fort Laramie, we'd go to the Oregon Trail ruts, we'd see them in the mountains where people. We'd go to Register Cliff, you know. The, we, that whole um, homesteading yeah. story was our, you know, the the story. American Indians reservations are still in Wyoming, right? So all of that history is very what 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 I would learn. That's my regional history, 
but you'll love it. They will definitely be charging stations in Jackson, Wyoming. Don't worry. <laughs> Go where the money is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jackson for sure. Be curious at Cheyenne. Cheyenne's a little bit smaller. Yeah, probably not Cheyenne. Maybe not even Casper, but Jackson for sure. (laughs) I've already mapped up out an itinerary. Oh, there you go. It's going to be a little tricky, but I think I can pull it. I have to go off the Oregon Trail a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Yeah. Well, well, Matt, you know, this is it's been a pleasure, you know, chatting with you and kind of learning about the how your channel started and some of your your personal history experiences and regional history. Thank you for sharing, educating me on on Bleeding Kansas and Lawrence and Wichita and, and how the Jayhawks got their name. That's that's super fun, right? Again, um, I'm always learning, and I, I'm learning uh, to how, how fun history can be when you kind of discover these little nuggets. So, so Matt, if, uh, if our listeners wanted to look you up, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I would say Google my name, Mr. Beat, but if you do that, what pops up is Mr. Beast, yep. who is a much bigger YouTuber than me. Yeah. So uh, they'll say, did you mean Mr. Beast? And you'll say, no, I meant Mr. Beat. So <laughs> and eventually you should find me. I'm on pretty much all the, uh, you know, what it, the websites out there. Sure. Even TikTok. Wow. So, oh, you guys okay. TikTok? You know what? I tried TikTok Good. for a little you bit. Should, you, should, and... you should start. Yeah, so so I did about three hundred days. I tried to do one short YouTube short video a day for. I tried to do it for an entire year. I made it about almost ten. Oh my 10, gosh! Yeah, I, so so <laughs> I was very motivated. So I was super motivated. I I got about three hundred videos right, and just they, they're like twenty second, twelve second. It was a daily fact, right? Hey, on this day, this happened, right? And it was uh, very short. So I would kind of do all this batch fact finding put it all together, literally just kind of read it, throw some pictures or video over it. Um, did that for about 300 days. And I, I just, I kind of had to, I was like, okay, I'm good. I was go, going for a year. I made it 10 months and I was like, you know what? I'm good. This is like, there's no, there's no trophy at the end of the end of the one year. Um, yeah, got burnt out. Yeah, yeah. But, but every now and then one of those little shorts will just kind of take off and get like a couple thousand views. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty random. So maybe I'll try to repurpose those on TikTok. Um, but, uh, so I tried TikTok for a little bit. It wasn't really doing it. So I just decided to focus on kind of focus on one. And I think I cross posted from there as well as on Instagram. Yeah. How do you, you do all of them? Do you kind of just kind of, um, link them all together? I post the same exact video to shorts as I do as TikTok. And, um, they always do better on YouTube shorts. Probably I already have an established audience on there. So that makes sense. But, but yeah, no, I mean, you never know. You got to keep looking for new ways to. Younger generation. Actually, there's this shout out to this. There's this Kansas teacher who's they're they're what they're doing. Every single county in Kansas, they're looking up how that county got named, which that's I think cool. is a genius oh, idea. That's I a great idea. Can't remember the name. I was going to give him a shout out, but you might be able to find it on TikTok. So yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I thought the daily facts thing would have had a little bit more traction, and I was like, man, I was in month eight, month nine. I was like, man, this just isn't taking off. I had a couple that would pick up some traction. I had one that got maybe 80 to 100 that close. It's creeping up on 80 or 90,000, like one one of my shorts out of 300. So I was like, <laughs> eh, that juice might not be worth the squeeze. So I, I backed off a little bit. Jeez. So, But uh, it, it was yeah. it was fun and I'm still, I still 
dabble with the shorts every now and then, but I kind of just had to kind of pull back for a little bit and I, we wanted to do the podcast a little bit more because Jen and I actually just really enjoy doing this. And then we, it's something it gives we can us, do together, gives us an excuse to, to reach out to folks like you. And thank you again to your wife for inviting, yeah. inviting me into the slack. She was so she was nice great and helpful. And she's the one who reached out and communicated first. So thank her for that. Oh, sure. Yeah. We all find each other as history tubers. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, glad you, glad you joined up. Yeah, thank so and thank you again. So for those listening, you guys can look up Mr. Beat. That is the the history. You do, it's not Mr. Beast. <laughs> you did not mean Mr. Beast. It's Mr. Beat on YouTube. You can find him. He's got a whole lot of videos. They're great. We highly recommend it. Thank you for listening to the Talk with History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk with History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.